0: Welcome to the Three Forms podcast, a joint production of Beaver Dam Christian Reformed Church and Coopersville CRC. Together, we are touring our historic Three Forms of Unity the Belgic Confession, Heidelberg Catechism, and the Canons of Dort, considering how these old and trusted paths can equip and lead God's people in the midst of today's challenges. So, let's start this week's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Pastor Lloyd Hempstreet. And I am Reverend Tyler Wagamaker. Tyler, we are up to episode 11, Lord's Day 11, and we're entering a new section today. The the Christmas section. Yes, the Christmas (laughs) section. Uh, If you start on January 1st, it probably won't fall on Christmas unless you're counting your Lord's Days a little differently. But we are moving into the section of the Creed where we're discussing Jesus and his deliverance, as it laid out in uh, in Lord's Day 8.
1: Someone could listen to this episode around the Christmas season, Lloyd, actually. So even though it's now being played in February, uh, it could be played later on. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can always go back to them and listen to them, kind of like Christmas music, actually. You could listen to Christmas music really any time of the year, but especially pull out those old records, CDs, play them around the Christmas season. You could any time of year, kind of like a podcast, I think.
0: It's a little like a podcast in that way. So so it it, it lives on
1: lives on in infamy or whatever it may be. And, and and this is joyful too. What what we're doing is a joyful thing. Kind of like Christmas music. Yeah. Well joyful. And and the catechism. Very joyful. This is a joyful message in Lord's Day Eleven. Yes. As we begin discussing God the Son.
0: Uh, so we'll we just have two question and answers for today. We'll start off with question twenty nine. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, meaning Savior? And the answer is because He saves us from our sins. Salvation cannot be found in anyone else. It is futile to look for any salvation elsewhere. What do you think of that,
1: Tyler? <laughs> I am brought to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, really, Matthew chapter one, uh, because it, it speaks about the name Jesus. Why is the Son of God called Jesus? And I think Matthew chapter one verse twenty through twenty one uh, but after he, meaning meaning Joseph here, had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And boy, that is question answer 29 right there, Jesus meaning Savior. He will save his people from their sins. Right, and and it—
0: of course, that all throughout the Old Testament is what God's people were waiting for and looking for. The need of the Messiah, the need of the one who would crush Satan's head was something that had been discussed over and over again. And now this angel announces to Joseph, he is coming. The one who is going to bring the salvation that has been so long waited for, he is coming and his
1: name will be Jesus. Even saving from sins, that the Catechism, even when it uses that language because he saves us from our sins, that is the biggest problem. Uh, that is the biggest enemy in many ways that we as people face is, is the problem of sin and then the consequent, um, uh, the consequent judgment that comes upon us. And so the fact that Jesus has come to save us from our sins, this is the fundamental solution. To our fundamental problem is Jesus, and so with all the other problems that we have in this world, and a lot of times news and everything likes to fixate on lots of different problems, which are the outgrowth of sin. But Jesus takes care. Here we're just reminded He takes care of the problem of our sin, and then ultimately, of course, the the implications of of that sin. So when sin is dealt with, then eventually also too all these other problems, especially again when Jesus Christ comes in power and glory again, then all the, the effects of sin also, too, will be banished and done away with. And so this is amazing news. Uh, again, like that Christmas hymn, Hark the glad sound, the Savior comes, the Savior promised long. You mentioned about that with the Old Testament, uh, leading up to this long-promised uh, Messiah, Savior, meaning Jesus and it's kind of hark the glad sounds we don't say hark very often do we
0: hark is not a very common daily
1: term it's not maybe we should kind of reintroduce that i'm thinking the, lloyd the hark who goes there hark the the glad sound yeah uh, yeah I, uh,
0: possibly we we can give that some consideration maybe but yeah this reality of of salvation and god's people and and all people truly we understand from scripture are looking for salvation uh, we're looking for salvation from the effects and ramifications of sin and living in a fallen and broken world. And we're looking for salvation from our sins as well. Uh, you know, thinking about this passage, uh one of the one of the texts that comes to mind is in the book of Acts, chapter four. Uh there in in, in Acts four, uh, it's in the middle of a, a situation that had been going on beginning back in, in chapter three, where Peter and John had uh, come, and they had healed a someone that was dealing with the effects of sin in a fallen world—a mm-hmm. man that was lame—and mm-hmm. they go ahead and and heal him there, and and they get into trouble for it. Uh, hark! They got into trouble. Hark! <laughs> see that? See that's another good use of that word. <laughs> and, and so the authorities come and they lock them up, and they start questioning him, and they they start uh, trying to challenge him. Did you do this by the the proper in the proper order? Did you consult the proper authorities before performing this miracle? The
1: Sanhedrin was challenging them on that.
0: Exactly, yes. the Sanhedrin. These uh, the the Sanhedrin with the Pharisees and the rulers of the law and and all these teachers, the same teachers that had been walking by that lame beggar for years <laughs> and not had the power to save him or uh, uh, heal him themselves, they're questioning Peter and John, by what power did you go about doing this? Did you do it the right way? Well, <laughs> doing it your way obviously wasn't working, <laughs> and they didn't have the, the name that could save. And, and so Peter and up. John respond back that, no, salvation is in Christ and in mm-hmm. Christ alone, and it is in his name that we have the power to address sin and all of its ramifications in this world. And,
1: and that was put on display that day in the, in the temple. Old, olden time bureaucrats, Lloyd, olden time bureaucrats, so religious bureaucrats that miss miss the whole purpose of it all and focus on the wrong side of things. So, yep. which is what sin does. Sin, sin mis, misleads us and gets us thinking on things that are uh, that are a lot of times our own issues, our own pride, our own ways of doing things, and trying to justify ourselves. Um, and uh, Jesus comes to confront that and. To deal with that and to heal that then too for those who who by faith look to Jesus Christ. So, you know, I mentioned about the, the Sanhedrin there. They even from uh, Acts chapter four, you, you had us thinking about that, but then I think about Jesus before the Sanhedrin, when he was put on trial leading up to his crucifixion in Matthew chapter 26, and the high priest Caiaphas has, uh, you know, a number of different false witnesses are brought in to accuse Jesus there in the in front of the Sanhedrin. And then Caiaphas, he's getting frustrated by this time. And so in Matthew chapter 26, he, uh, starting with, I think verse 62, I read this, then the high priest stood up, Caiaphas, and he said to Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, to Jesus, I charge you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And then Jesus replied, yes, it is as you say. But I say to all of you, in the future, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven, and then the high priest tore its clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And then they respond, he's worthy of death. And uh, so then I, I think about, well, first of all, Caiaphas puts Jesus under oath. And under oath, Jesus claims to, to be this the, the son of God, to be the, the son of man here, to be God himself. And of course, under oath, Jesus declares this. He actually draws from this vision in Daniel chapter 7, verses uh, 13 through verse 14. In fact, I might as well read that too. Um, Daniel says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations, peoples, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So Jesus here, he takes upon himself this vision, speaking again of himself as God himself. Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, of course, in one accord, they're like, ah, uh, this is blasphemy. He's claiming to be God. So Jesus is either truly uh, this this Savior, the Son of God, or he's a lunatic, Lloyd. Right. Um, he, he's one or the other. And of course, as Christians, we say he obviously, because of many things that were done, um, and above all his resurrection from the dead, he he is the Son of God, and he is coming in in glory to judge the living and the dead, just in many ways as Daniel saw in his vision. Um, he's not a lunatic. There are many people who like to straddle the the, the line with Jesus and, uh, and say, well, I can maybe use Jesus, maybe accept him for some of what he is, but not necessarily as God, um, but he's a good moral teacher. Ah, you know, he is a lunatic. Um, if, you can't you can't do one or the other. You can't claim to be God. If you would claim to be God, I'd say, mm, you have big issues, Lloyd. Big issues. Big issues. You shouldn't be a minister in the Christian Reformed Church, first of all. Right, And, right. and many other deeper issues. <laughs> yes. Um, as well as that. But if it's true that Jesus was and is, which he is, then it, it has huge implications for life. It, it can deal with our sins. Uh, he is
0: the one Savior. Yes. Uh, going back to Acts 4, uh, verse 12, uh, salvation, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's either Jesus or you're not going to be able to get there. And, mm. you know, the catechism yeah. highlights that with this word that it used, it, it, the, the the final line of verse 20 uh, of question 29 it is futile to look for any salvation elsewhere.
1: Yes, it Fu- is futile, it's yes. futile.
0: You can't do it, there's no way of getting there from here. Uh, Tyler, about how many feet are in a mile? Do you know that off the oh, it's like that? 5,260? Yep, uh, yep real Ish. close, uh, yeah, 5280, but 5, yeah. Those, okay. yeah, okay, so 5,000 feet. In a mile, so we understand how far a mile is. We know about how far it takes to to walk a mile. Um, okay, Tyler, do you know about how far away
1: the moon is from the Earth? Is that a number that you have a idea on? Uh, we're I know it's thousand. We're in the thousands and thousands it's, of miles.
0: It is. It, yeah. It's it's around two hundred, just a little under two hundred and forty thousand miles. Seems manageable. So yeah, two hundred and forty thousand miles. We we understand how long uh how many feet are in a mile, and and then how many miles to the
1: moon. How long does it take you to walk to the moon, Tyler? Uh well, do I have like a breathing apparatus <laughs> on there, too, Lloyd? There's no oxygen in between here and the moon. Well, and uh, even uh, once I get on the moon, I would have a problem.
0: Right. Too, the the problem is walking to the moon from Earth, you're going to continue walking around the Earth. You're never going to be able to tr- walk through space to get to the moon. It's it's futile to think of that. It's it's an impossible feat. You need to be able to Strap yourself to something to blast you out of the atmosphere to try and make it to the moon, because by walking, you're never, ever going to get closer to the moon. You're stuck here on Earth. And that's kind of like what the catechism is saying here, to look for salvation some other way than getting on that rocket ship that the God has provided that takes us to that place of salvation. If we're just walking around the Earth, we're never getting any closer, no matter how fast or how slow we're going. It's not bringing us salvation,
1: because salvation is in Christ alone. Um, uh, now, you're not equating Elon Musk and his rocket ship with Jesus, are you? <laughs> Lord, I just want to make sure that— he, I, I I don't
0: think he's taken people to the moon yet, but even if by the time you're listening to the podcast he has, no, uh, let me say clearly, I am not equating <laughs> Elon Phew, Musk with,
1: Wonderful, with okay. Jesus.
0: okay. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about as much as we want to say about question 29, ending uh-huh. on that note. Right. Speaking of to futility. Question- yes. Speaking of
1: futility, yes. yes.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, so let's move to question 30. Uh, question 30. Do those who look for their salvation and security in saints, in themselves, or elsewhere, really believe in the only Savior, Jesus? And the answer is no, Although they boast of being his, by their deeds they deny the only Savior and Deliverer, Jesus. Either Jesus is not a perfect Savior, or those who in true faith accept this Savior have in him all they need for their salvation.
1: Shots fired, Lloyd. Shots fired by the
0: Heidelberg Catechism there. Well, it's making some distinctions. It (laughs) wants to clarify some things and lay out clearly, hey— What are we talking about when we're talking about salvation in Christ? What else is going to go alongside with that? What else do you need, Tyler?
1: Uh, The Virgin Mary. I really need the Virgin Mary to intercede for me with with her son, Jesus. That's what... I could use Virgin Mary help at times, of course, Lloyd.
0: Well, I, I I can certainly agree there's a lot of help needed in your life, but I'm afraid you're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit to, to get you there, because the Virgin Mary is not stepping in, and the Virgin Mary does not complete or add to Christ's work, is what the Catechism is saying here. Shots the, fired! Shots our, fired! Our salvation is completed in Christ Jesus, or... Uh, We don't have any salvation at all, is what it comes down to. Hmm. Jesus plus anything, uh, the equation for it is, it equals nothing, according to the catechism here. Jesus plus anything, it equals nothing. You don't truly understand who Jesus is. You don't understand why he has come as your Savior and how he has saved you if you are trying to add to Jesus some other some other person or thing or saint to step in on your behalf, or some other religious and good practice. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament, there was this issue of circumcision that was kind of important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't something that someone thought up on their own, that they thought, well, this would be a good place to play with a knife. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't something like that. No, it was commanded by God. It was a uh, it was the sign that was given to the people and the nation of Israel.
1: They should have had knife control, maybe. Uh, knife back control then. maybe would have gun would have, gun control uh, today, uh, knife control the, back right, then, maybe right. Lloyd. Uh, so uh, we would have n- escaped all this, probably. Uh,
0: yes, yes. No, but it was in, instructed by God that, and given to them uh by the Lord, this covenant that he made with Abraham to uh, a sign to be placed on his descendants pointing, once again, towards the Savior, we understand from the New Testament, and the shedding of blood pointing towards Christ coming and and dying on behalf of his people. But the issue that they ran into in the New Testament, and uh, there's a couple of different passages that talk about it, is, well, now that Jesus has come, do we still have to maintain circumcision Hmm. along with Jesus? Uh, uh, Can I be saved in just Jesus, or do I have to be uh circumcised uh ritualistically and 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 uh religiously circumcised to go along with Jesus to be saved that's what the whole book of galatians really is is mm-hmm. wrestling with one of the primary things that that they're dealing with here in the book of galatians do you need circumcision along with Jesus can you add Jesus plus circumcision is that what provides salvation and as uh, as Paul responds to him in Galatians chapter 5, he says, absolutely not. That is not the way that this works. Um, Galatians 5, he, he talks about freedom, and, and, and he goes in verse 2, Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. It is not about what we keep, it's not about what we maintain, it's not about the hoops we have to jump through to add to our salvation, to make us right with God. No, our salvation, Paul declares, is in Christ and in Christ alone. He is the only way that we are saved, and if we're trying to add to it, we're missing the point of what Jesus has done.
1: Now, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to gain eternal life? "'Why do you ask me about what is good?' Jesus replied. "'There is only one who is good. "'If you want to enter eternal life, obey the commandments.' "'Which ones?' the man inquired. "'Jesus replied, "'Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, "'do not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother, "'and love your neighbor as yourself.' "'All these I have kept,' the young man said. "'What do I still lack?' Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And then later on in Matthew 19, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I think about, about that question, answer of the catechism, do those who look for their salvation and security, the, this eternal life in saints themselves or elsewhere, really believe in the only Savior, Jesus? And Jesus here, through this, this interaction with this rich man, really is very kind in many ways with him. Um just kind of almost lets him have the benefit of the doubt on, uh, okay, sure, you've kept all these things. You say you've kept all these things. Well, what about this? And he is cut to the heart, again, that, that he is still inadequate. Obviously, he had some inadequacies because why would he even be, he asked Jesus this question if there wasn't some internal still sort of doubt about himself that he still was not right with God that something else needed to be done but he had done practically you know everything in his life that he seemingly had been called to he he was adding to this and and so Jesus ultimately says with you know this is impossible with man but with God all things are possible with Jesus Christ all things are possible the possibility of this salvation and security is found in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. You can't save yourself, rich young man, who's kept the law in so many ways. Um, No Virgin Mary, contra my calling out to Virgin Mary earlier, Lloyd. Just so you do, do before a we start the heresy any, trials and classes. <laughs> yes, in classes. Yes, and in classes, Zealand here the, before they come after me. No, I'm not advocating the Virgin Mary there or, or wearing a St. Stephen pendant around your neck. Um, uh, and also too, you know, I was in the military and, uh, I'm, I'm, a, a war veteran. And one of the things a lot of times that I would hear in the, in the military Lloyd is especially for those, um, those, uh, amazing men who, who lost their lives in the battlefield over, um, in Iraq. Uh, but with, seemingly almost good intentions those who are left behind they they say things like like you know this person is now going to fiddler's green or valhalla or going to heaven a lot of times and it's this idea that yes they were You know, there was this general idea of being a Christian, but they were really good in their lives, and so they they laid down their life for their nation, and so they have earned their place in heaven. It's very much a yeah Jesus, but also a works righteousness sort of a thing, really in many ways, like the Roman Catholic Church um, has advocated and and taught, and why the Protestant reformers kind of pushed, well, not kind of, they pushed. Vigorously against that, with the scriptural teaching of that, and we have a natural tendency, even of ourselves, to to look at the very seemingly good and sacrificial things that we do and say, "Aha, we've 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 earned a place in heaven." And also, there's Jesus too, because we're good Christians, but we we've, we've done things to earn our way, and and it's not that way. It it's Jesus. Entirely Jesus, not Jesus plus something. Like you said, Jesus plus something always gets you nothing. Um, It's only ever Jesus. And I was, uh, you know, summertime in the Grand Rapids area here, and and, um, there are parts where, you know, June. Many people as Pride Month, and I see these these rainbow flags everywhere. It seems, and these are individuals. They look at their lives, and they they say, "I'm a you know I'm I'm on the right side of history. I'm I'm a good person." And they they've put a lot of their confidence in where they're at. You know, their public displays of allegiance to some social movement, um, or even those before, you'd see a lot of American flags out front. Love being a patriotic American, but being a patriotic American does not save me, um, uh, will not save you. There's not a special line getting to heaven like, um, like, oh yeah, if you're a patriotic um, uh, American, you get the the fast pass or something like that. Uh, you get to go to the front of the line, or you get your own special line. It's Jesus Christ. It's the only line um, uh, being found in Jesus. That's the only way you get into heaven. Nothing else added to that. Even in all of... Of, of our, quote-unquote, good that we do. Right. It
0: all it all comes up short. And if we are looking to any of that good, if we're relying on any of that good, then we haven't yet grasped the salvation that Christ has offered his people. They We haven't yet come to terms with his righteousness on our account. We're trying to provide our own righteousness. And this is the error that we see in every false religion mm, in the world. Yes, it's yeah. all based on works. It's all based on being a good person and christianity comes in opposition to all that and says you know you can't do it you know that you come up short just like the rich young ruler he knew there was something that he lacks still and so it calls us to turn away our eyes from ourselves, to turn away from any hope of the this uh futile hope of trying to make it there on our own Mm -hmm. and rather recognize it is in christ and in christ alone that we are going to be saved we cannot deliver ourselves either jesus is a a perfect savior and our hope is in him completely or we don't understand who
1: jesus is it's a wonderful message that the church brings um and the church has to make sure we we are steady on that because church history also shows us from and human history shows us that We have a natural tendency to want to inflate our own selves, Mm -hmm. inflate our own self-importance in many ways, and inflate the deeds that we do. It's important what we do. We don't want to say it's not important what we do, but that comes on the other side of things. It comes on the sanctification side of things, God working us. That comes on the fruits of the Spirit side of things.
0: Right. Uh, That'll uh, be in the third section of the Catechism, our thankful living. Yes. God does care about how we live. But our salvation is not tied to how we live. The question is, do we understand who Jesus is? Do we understand what he has accomplished for us? Are we trusting in him alone? And then out of love, are we responding in gratitude and
1: obedience to his commands, I kind of think back to that song I started out with. Hark the glad, hark again. That, oh, harken again. We're harken again. But um, uh, but the last verse says, Our glad, hosannas, Prince of Peace, your welcome shall proclaim, and heaven's eternal arches ring with your beloved name." I like that last one. But the The name of Jesus uh, is going to ring in throughout the, the arches of heaven, throughout the city of the new city of Jerusalem. It is the name of Jesus, kind of like that, the hymn, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. It's just a, a powerful thing. That's the name that we hold on to and that we sing forth, Lloyd.
0: Right. And that is the one, the only name under heaven, given by which we must be saved. And so we understand why Jesus is his name means Savior. That He is the one who save. He and He alone is the one who saves His people from their sins. Anything else to add, Tyler? Or
1: I think we're going to talk about Jesus some more uh, the next Lord's Day. In yeah, fact, uh, for quite a number of Lord's Days, we're going to think about Jesus. Actually,
0: right. We're going to be we're going to be digging in a bit deeper. But this Lord's Day, Lord's Day eleven, we're considering. Uh, we've considered together why he's called Jesus and what it means that he and he alone is our savior and why we don't have to waste our time in the futile uh, uh, practices of looking for hope or salvation anywhere else. So that is the message for today. Hark! That's the message. Hark. Hark! Hark! That's the message. And Hark! We'll see you again on the next episode. Thanks for joining us on the Three Forms Podcast, a joint ministry of Beaverdam Christian Reformed Church and Coopersville CRC. To contact us, feel free to reach out through our Facebook page, Substack, on YouTube, or email us directly at threeformspodcast at gmail.com. Three Forms Podcast, walking the good and trusted old paths together.